Welcome to the podcast. 欢迎收听 Yokoso Podcast. The podcast de Marco Shamad. Welcome to the podcast. 欢迎来到我们的播客 Benvenuti sul podcast. Come on, on podcast. 日本から Buongiorno dall'Italia. Hello, Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crossing Cultures, the podcast where guests from all over the world. Talk about the subtle, surprising, intriguing, and bizarre cultural differences in everyday life. My name is Asaf, and today is part two of our special uh, two double episode about dating and relationships. If you've seen the first ep- the first part of this episode last week was uh, we had the girls talk about their point of view, and now we're going to talk about the guys. We're, we're just a guy all guy panel here. We're going to talk about our point of view. Um, I'm definitely going to take part in this conversation. I want to say that if you, uh, I've heard people tell me that you couldn't find the podcast on um, some of the podcast apps. So if you're looking for the podcast somewhere, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, and you can't find us, so please send me a message in wherever, I don't know, send a YouTube comment or send us an email or tag us on Facebook and let me know and I'll make sure that you can find the podcast wherever you're looking for it. And of course, you can also text us or send us a message or tell us anything else you want us to, to know. Our email is crossingculturespodcast at gmail.com. Pretty easy to remember. Let's start with having our guests introduce themselves. We'll start with... Daniel. Daniel from Brazil. Um, what else do I need to introduce right now? So last week, we had Hannah, who's also from Brazil. She's from Sao Paulo, and yeah. you're from? I'm from Rio. Rio. And what do you have to say about uh, what's going on in Brazil? Like, mm, politically or? No, uh, just like, <laughs> just let us be confident that we, that, you know, we're all counting on you. So just yeah, as- yeah. reassure us that it's going to be okay. No, oh, it's all good. Okay. All right. <laughs> See, that's, that's one of the differences between uh, men and women. <laughs> I, at least, <laughs> if, this is, if this is a microcosm of that. All right. Um, Hector, I'm from uh, Mexico. I'm from Tijuana. Tijuana. Yeah. All right. And everything's okay in Tijuana? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Haven't right. been there in a while, but um, yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, I'm Evan. Uh, I came from the States. I lived on the East Coast uh, by New York, and then I moved to Northern California, closer to San Francisco, and uh, been here for two and a half years, and uh, nothing is right in the States, but, you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and... Your girlfriend is Hannah, who yes. was on the, 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 the first part of this episode. Yes. It's so true. it's, uh, yeah. So, Hannah, if you're listening to this, uh, you're going to, yeah, you have uh, everything you, you've said is going to be uh, either affirmed or contradicted <laughs> by, by either your current boyfriend or your uh, peer from your country. So, <laughs> so no pressure, yeah. but just so you know. Uh, I'm Tom from Belgium. From the north, from Antwerp, uh, I moved here a year and a half ago when uh, everything is okay in Belgium, I guess, except a huge budget deficit. But that's that's the norm. <laughs> anyway. That's the norm, anyways. All right, and and Antwerp is the Flemish part. Yeah, it's the capital of the Flemish uh, part of Belgium. All right. Okay, so we're gonna talk about dating and relationships, and uh, I'll I'll first ask the question that I've asked the girls: Raise your hands if you've ever dated someone from outside your culture. All right. Now, if you have something like a story you'd like to share about a cultural, let's call it a cultural friction you've ever had with someone you were either on a date with or in a relationship with. I mean, I I could say when I first moved here, uh, there was uh, situations where I was on dates with Israeli girls. And I feel like after the, the first date something very different from what I was used to would happen. They would be like, oh, do you want to come over and have dinner at my parents' house? And I was like, whoa, it's, you know, date number two. Let's, you know, get to know each other a little bit. I mean, what's your last name even, right? And (laughs) they're just ready to, like, jump right into the full brunt of everything. In America, it's like to get introduced to the parents, it's what happens, like, before you get engaged. It's like those those steps in here. It's like just how soon before? Because what you just said is almost exactly what Sarah said, who was also from New York. So that reaffirms everything you said. But like how soon before you get engaged 
You you meet the parents way before you get engaged. Okay. Uh, at least you would hope. I had a friend who got married very quickly after uh, they met one another. Um, so th their timeline was abbreviated. But it's probably like after you get to know somebody well enough, like four or five dates, you know, you've been hanging out. You probably slept over at each other's place for a little bit. And then you could introduce them to the parents because then you're not worried about like, oh, is this person going to embarrass me in front of my parents? Mm. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting point of view. It's, you, you don't want to be embarrassed by your day. For, all right, so not everyone deserves, deserves to, meet the, to meet the parents. All right, and that is true. I can concur that in Israel, we, like relationships move faster in the, in the meeting the, the family lane, family, friends. I think, yeah, you would meet someone's parents pretty, pretty soon into the relationship. But I don't know, in Belgium. Well, in, in Mexico, you have to meet the parents right away. Like, yeah, yeah you, just, you start dating someone and you have to ask for permission from the father. So it's, it's pretty scary. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you have to ask for permission. And if it says no, then... Uh, it's a no. It's a no. Then you just go, you know. Okay. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. But but yeah, you have to ask. You have to ask permission. I, I think the second date or something like that. Like formally? Like really asking? Yes. You need to, like, hi, I'm Hector. Uh, can I date your daughter? No, okay, thank you. <laughs> and what do, you, do you bring, do you, do you bear gifts? Do you ask, like, are you asked specific questions? Do you have to show? What do you do? Who are your parents? What do they do? Do they work? Uh, do you have a job? Are you planning to study? You know, all of that. Yeah. Wow. Well, where do you live? Well, I mean, if you pass that, then I can, I guess it takes the pressure off. Like it takes a lot of a pressure off because you get like a, a, an approval stamp. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Actually, in Israel, it's not that different. It's just not the parents who do that, but the girl herself. And <laughs> 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 the first date, yeah. she asks you, how many children do you want? Do you like dogs? <laughs> you see yourself in a house with a picket fence. Uh, what do you think about jobs? Are you in high tech? Yeah. <laughs> Are you in high tech? Um, do you see yourself more working or taking care of the children? Everything in the first hour of the first date. Yeah. Well, I dates are always kind of a job interview. In, especially yeah. here. In Belgium, it's much more casual. You talk about the job. You talk about life. But okay. in no situation will she ask you, how many children do you want? <laughs> or like, like he said, invite you for Friday night dinner or... Sunday, Sunday dinner or whatever. So give me an example because Tanya, on our, the first part of the episode, uh, she was she's from Austria. And she said in Austria, yeah, it really, it really is a big deal to ask all these questions in the first at least few dates. What do you do? How's your job? How's your financial situation? Not in so many words, but kind of to figure yeah. that out. But what do you mean when you say talk about life? Talk about you talk more about stuff you do, vacations, you talk about food you enjoy, experiences you have, you share stories. Mm. It doesn't, doesn't sound like, like, let's say, an interview. It's more of a dialogue between two people who just are interested in into getting to know each other without giving the feeling of intrusion. Mm -hmm. And do you feel, this is a question to all of you, do you feel that when you're on a date with someone from your own culture, that you are judged by any specific measures like either your financial situation, your job situation, or even your personal uh, um, affiliations with, you know, so what is all about judging all the time. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course. but like be specific. So you would be at a date in Brazil. What, what do you think would be the best foot forward that you need to put to, to get to another date? Uh, it really depends, like really depends the kind of people, but for the kind of people that I am in more interested to get to know, I think it, like they are more interested on how you are as a person. They are trying like to get from your words and from your stories what you're more like your character or more like your values. I really think like people are interested on this. Like, but it depends. If you're just on a mood of like a hookup and you're like not judging that far, you're just like checking if it's fun or not, maybe for that night. It really depends. Mm -hmm. Well, in Mexico, if on the first date you make the mistake of taking her to tacos instead of a restaurant, then that, that's a big no. <laughs> wow, magic stuff. All right. <laughs> oh. I, used, I used to date a Mexican, and our first date was to go to tacos. Really? <laughs> and, and it worked? Well, it worked. maybe because, you're, because you were a foreigner there. She, yeah. uh, it was her idea. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's different. It's different. 
Her expectations were different. Yeah, Maybe. I, I cannot take a Mexican I don't know if it counts, but it, it was shrimp tacos. Oh, my God. It's, so it's probably the same. Okay. It's high-class tacos. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think there's always a, a, a place where you want to get to know different things. Like you said, like if what the intentions are for the date. Sometimes mm -hmm. you go on a date and the intention is like, oh, I'm feeling a bit lonely in my life. Maybe I need to find that person who matches with me. And then it's more like a, a job interview. But uh, I very much have always appreciated to have the conversation where it's less about the, the formalities and more about like who you are and what's important to you mm -hmm. deep inside. But like generally, generally speaking, let's say I were to tell you, Evan, I'm, I have a date tonight with someone from New York or someone from Northern California. What would you recommend that I, I emphasize in, my, in myself to, to make a good lasting first impression? What, uh, what's a really interesting hobby or something that you've spent mm. like years uh, or, or a period of time like working on yourself that has nothing to do with work? I see. Like it's a, what, who are you personally? Like, mm -hmm. not where, where is your professional life taking you? Or where is, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years after we get married, right? Because, like, to, in America, for somebody to approach a first date with the thought of, like, we're going to get married, you think the other person is crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it, it takes you back to those romantic comedies where, where the, the girl's like, oh, my God, we're getting married, right? Yeah? I'm sorry, what's your name again? <laughs> All right. Um, How do you impress a Belgian girl? What is the best strategy if you're going out on a date? To be honest, I don't think there is a best strategy of what you should do. It's what you shouldn't do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, you depends on the girl what you shouldn't do. At least there is, like I said, to be too intrusive mm -hmm. or uh, impolite. But I guess that's kind of General. everywhere. But... There's, I cannot actually say there's something that you can make an impression. It depends on the girl, but I kind of agree with Evan on this, also in Belgium. If you're an interesting person, you have something interesting to say. It's not what you have, but it's m who you are. Mm -hmm. But again, depends from person to person. But that's, that's very interesting because you know, Evan, that when, when you meet someone for the first time in the U.S. and also in Israel, The first question you always ask is, what do you do? And you refer to what do they do for a living? You never ask someone... I got shot down with that question one time in, in California. I was in Hollywood for the Grammys, and we, we had a private party, and there was this attractive blonde woman at the bar, and uh, I asked her if she wanted a drink, and she said she wasn't drinking that night, so I was like, okay, I'll get you a Coke. And then I was like, so what do you do? And she's like... Really? This is the most least interesting question that I've ever, like, I hate this question. And she was uh, from the UK. And since then, I've realized I really don't care. Like, it doesn't make a difference what you are spending 40 hours a week doing. It's where do you take that extra mm -hmm. time, that extra 12 or 15 hours that you're free to do your own things that really makes a true connection between yeah. two people. I, I was told once by someone from Norway, and if, you're, if somebody listening is from Norway, please either concur or tell me that's wrong, that in Norway it's impolite to ask someone, what do you do, as the first question. Nice. You have to ask, what do you like doing? And that, I think, is a better definition of oneself uh, yeah. when you, you ask someone. And it might be your job. You might say, well, I do what I love, and then you can talk about it. And, and express your passion to your work. But I think, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree that to getting to, for getting to know someone, it's easier to ask what do you love doing and, and talk about what you love doing. All right, let's talk about uh, dating apps. Are there any dating apps in, in Brazil, in Mexico, in, in uh, Belgium? And are there any difference? I mean, obviously there are a million of them, but is there any difference? What would you use? haven't really used there, but I guess it's pretty much the same. Is Orkut still a thing? No, no, no. No, no, no. it's dead. Okay. No, for many years. Now it's already a joke. Right? Okay. Yeah. So don't use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I think it's pretty much the same. And when I was there, like, I don't know, I remember six years, five years ago, I think it was, like, still a bit of a taboo, like, that... You can't like really get to know someone seriously on these apps, and I guess that now is uh, changed. Like you can get all kinds of things. You can get hookups, and you can get like serious stuff. 
mm -hmm. I think it's pretty much like here. And I think in the U.S. it's like kind of it's becoming the norm to meet someone through a dating app, or is not it? even necessarily a dating app. I can't tell you like. I probably know people who have been introduced through something else, like people who were friends of friends who started playing words with friends with one another, and this was like five or six years ago, but then they're like, oh, you're interesting, and they're having like a little side conversation inside a, you know, crossword, or uh, what's what was uh, words with friends based off of? Scrabble. Okay. You know, it's like you're playing Scrabble with somebody that you don't really know, but then you get to know them in a conversation, you meet them in real life, and it's not so much a dating app, but like I'm thinking about myself prior to that, the two long-term relationships I had in the States were both with women that I had met virtually before physically. Mm -hmm. And uh, one was through a website that it was like a interest-based website. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm moving to California. I want to meet new people. Uh, I saw that you have same interests as me. Maybe we could get together for a beer. And then we ended up living together for three years. And then uh, another girl was uh, on Whisper, uh, which is not a dating app. And you have no profile whatsoever. You just post a comment. And then we just started having this side conversation, agreed to meet for uh, Italian dinner in her neighborhood. And then we ended up together for three years as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't, I think that the, the line of how you meet somebody is, at least in the U.S., really just kind of inconsequential now. We had we had a discussion uh, last week about pickup lines. <laughs> so I want you to give me your best pickup line. Oh no, don't do this. <laughs> or your worst. I like I really don't use pickup lines. Like, so what do you what how's what's your what's your approach? I try to like if it's personally, I try like to say hi and to. The, like the best if, if is if you have something to start a conversation you saw something on her you saw something that would, the drink that she's drinking and you have something to say about it mm -hmm. or I don't know but uh, just start talking like the most natural as possible that's what I try to do like I don't really don't remember like a pickup like really official one well I'll ask it this way I, I, I think there's like three approaches there's either the situational approach where you, like you said, you address something that's actually happening. Yeah. And then there's like trying to be, that's one approach. The other approach is like trying to be really smart and funny and, and like quirky and like accentuate like your sense of humor. And then the third approach is to say, hi, um, you seem nice. Uh, I wanted to talk to you. So to, to which one of them do you think you would? Uh, I go I go more for the last one because like you, you can be a little pressured to do this sometimes but if it works like it will be the best beginning like they I think girls really like when you go like straightforward and say it and you will discover love also like fast if it's not like if they're not interested so I would say so if, if you're in Brazil and you want to talk to a girl you would say that she will let you know immediately if she likes you or not? Uh, no. no? Uh, yeah, like you just said Brazil and then my brain made a okay. switch. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, oh, there so you were, you were, like, you were thinking try. about Israeli girls. <laughs> yeah. I had the suspicion that you were thinking about Israeli yeah, girls because it's also be. something that we talked about. <laughs> I but forgot Israeli my, girls, my origin, your origins yeah. already. Because, yeah. yeah, in Israel, if you talk to a girl and she doesn't like you, the conversation will be over immediately. There's no point yeah. keeping, keeping it going. Yeah. But in Brazil... Yeah, in Brazil, things are more like, uh, they are less black and white. Mm. Like, I think people would be like playing more and like talking even if you're, if they are not sure if they are interested or not, or even just talking because they agree to talk, uh -huh. but they are not necessarily into something. I think everything is more relaxed and uh, people like, um, you can be talking for... 10 minutes and it's already very clear and you can be talking like for one whole day that you are like, I don't know, on a trip with someone and only on the end of it, you will see how it goes. Ah, like, interesting. Are you Mexican? Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a shy person. Like with my friends, I'm outgoing and everything's fun, but uh, in that area, I'm, I'm very shy. So I usually use my friends as an excuse to talk to people. Okay. Yeah, so I would, I, I would go and talk to girls, and I was like, you know, my friends uh, are asking if you want to come to us, like, to sit with us at, at, at the table or something like that, mm -hmm. if we're at a bar. 
and then it, it becomes more comfortable for me if I'm around people but because I, I just I cannot just go and talk to a girl <laughs> but I, I did had a girlfriend that um, when I met her she had a boyfriend and I was uh, warned previously warned by a friend that she was in a relationship for seven years and that I shouldn't get in there so I said okay but at the moment that I saw her I just I, I fell in love and I just I found out everything about her and she liked horses and so one day I just went to her house on a horse <laughs> <laughs> you went to her house and you what on a horse it's on a horse yeah. Mexico yeah I'm not making this up <laughs> okay wow oh my god I was living in uh, in this what is happening with Mexico like I you're going on a horse yeah, to export the dad he's making us look bad alright <laughs> seriously where's my horse and, and th this is the, 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 the most like outrageous thing that I ever did you know and, oh my and god. she told me you know what I have a boyfriend I said no don't worry I'm not jealous <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say, it's only stalking if you're not good looking. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked, because we ended up together for three years. Eh? But um, this is a, the, like, the, 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 bi the biggest thing that I ever did in my life. Because okay. usually I'm very, very shy. So the pick that's, up line. that's the interest. Yeah. Yeah. Rented the horse. I got it from a friend. I was living up in the mountains. I was doing my a social oh, service okay. over there. And so it was, I had easy access to horses. So, Yeah. It's good. No, it's I didn't know how to ride though. So. <laughs> <laughs> she knew. <laughs> that's a really good pickup. Yeah. No, I, I tend to find uh, that humor and like uh, either self-deprecating or insulting towards the other person, but not like extremely putting them down, but like saying, oh my God, why would you wear something like that? Or, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like really opening up the conversation and then allowing it to be humorous and lighthearted just changes the entire initial tone of, of getting to know somebody. Because if you approach somebody with a high, then there's a potential for them to feel standoffish. But if you either make yourself feel lower or make them feel lower, it completely changes the entire dynamic of the conversation from mm -hmm. the onset. Yeah. All right. I feel a bit bad sitting here because he says everything I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay, what am I going to say? So I'll start with, I agree with Evan more situational and funny because in situations where you approach and say hi my name is Tom I would like to know you or something like that you're kind of blocked with the conversation your next question will be what do you do or what do you like doing uh -huh. meanwhile if you approach it with humor like you said either self-deprecating or something situational you can go any direction you want with the conversation mm -hmm. so that's the that's why I agree a little bit more with, with Evan yeah, I mean, you're telling somebody that your spaceship is sitting outside and, like, you're just waiting for it to finish refueling before you can really head out. So you ask them if they want to have a quick drink for, with you before you got to take off and head off to, like, Alpha Centauri or something like this. Completely throws somebody off guard. Yeah, and if and you can tell if, if they have no idea what you're talking about, you can immediately decide, okay, I'm not sure I want to pursue this. And you test their sense of humor, for example, I was in a bar inside and... Uh, I heard the woman saying next to me, wow, it's so hot in here. So I turned around and said, you haven't been in my dungeon yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it, it, and then you can also see the, <laughs> the entire response. conversation, how would she responds. And All right, let's talk about dating etiquette. So what is considered, let's say, how chivalrous should you be on a date in, or in Brazil? Or talk about just like Brazilian men in general. Do you open the door for the girl? Do you pay for the date? Do you, um, I don't know, walk in in the side? You you walk. I think when when you walk in the what? Yeah, you walk in yeah, the on sidewalk. Yeah, the left side. You have, you have to, to be, be on the street side. The street, yeah. Okay, yeah. In Israel, I never knew about that, but in Brazil, how 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 uh, tightly do you adhere to these rules of conduct? I I think that in general, like compared to U.S. or Mexico as I'm seeing now like it's less it's it's just like more relaxed uh, there it's considered like very old-fashioned nowadays to open the door of the car and uh, mostly I imagine the girls would be like wouldn't like it would be like too weird and uh, artificial but I think the thing that still is there is the pain for the at least for the first date but it's also like open to the negotiation, like not, like, not like literally, but yeah. Yeah, d depending on the situation, like uh, I think many liberal, open-minded girls 
would like would even like to split the bill because like people like not making dates a big deal anymore mm. because it's super annoying like to make to, to be a big yeah. deal so i think everybody likes to be more especially in brazil it really fits our personality like to yeah. relax and let's see how it goes and if it's like a small thing you can say no it's on me it's like very naturally but not like not, take it to yeah, a fancy no, don't make dinner a fuss. and yeah all right interesting it makes you have to be a gentleman you definitely have to be a gentleman. Uh, if they're cold, you take your coat. You have to open the door uh, so they get in, get in and get out. When I got here, it was very awkward that I would try to, like, I would get out of my, the, like, the car. And when I would get to the other side, they were already out. Uh-huh. And like, what, you think I cannot, I cannot do it by myself? <laughs> okay. So it's, it's kind of different. And if in Mexico, if you pay for the bill, uh, you're considered uh, a gentleman. And here you split the the check and everything's cool. Actually, most of the cases here, I, I pay at least for the first date. Uh, yeah, but like not in a fancy restaurant. Actually, in Israel, I felt that if you don't pay for the first date, there's no second. Oh, really? I've had that happen. Yeah. I, I feel no. in general they expect it, yeah. I, my personal experience is that you, sometimes they would expect you to pay, but at least half of the time. It, it, again, if it's natural and it's not a big deal and it's not a fuss. Yeah, and it's like, I'll pay the next one yeah, and something yeah, yeah, like it's this. Yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah. It can be natural. Or at least yeah. like you're reaching for the wallet. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like in America there's definitely a class-related uh, difference in this. Like if you were to take a girl out who's from like old money, like the, the family has money, you should act gentlemanly. They wouldn't expect it of you. But... If you do, it makes you more viable of a partner instead mm-hmm. of just like uh, somebody to sleep with, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you are with somebody, you know, from the middle class who, you know, is tends to be more liberal and like if you were to try to open the door for them or you try to pay for the bill, they would get angry with you. Yeah. And if it's somebody lower class and, and you treat them with this respect, then they're like kind of melt into you. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and here I see that, that difference, but it's, like, much more cross, uh, it's, you know, like, I don't want to generalize, but, like, there's certain, like, people that come from different backgrounds that have, like, an de- expectation. Like, if you don't pay for the bill on the first date, then you're a piece of shit. Here in Israel. Yeah. yeah. But not f- from Israeli girls, because, you know, there's people from all over the world yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make generalizations, but there's people from certain places that have different expectations of what you get on a first date. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean... This is what we're talking about. We're talking about the cultural differences, of course. Have you ever had a case where you found something, dating someone from another culture, you found something like delightful in, in that uh, experience? In the first date? It could be the 9,000th date, whatever. I'll share, I'll share a story. I don't know if this counts, and I might have to edit this off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I dated a girl from... I'm not going to say where she's from because I, uh, I don't want to embarrass anyone. But she, she, she had a problem pronouncing the TH sound in, in English. So in the morning, she would wake up and, and say, I'm going to brush my teeth. And I would ask her if she needs help. And she always looked at me kind of weird. But I always found it a really, really funny and uh, a delightful way to start your day. Uh, well, I mean, I could piggyback off the last question and also bring Hannah into the conversation. And <coughs> that, like, one time we were walking down the street, and I recognized that she was on the street side of the sidewalk. And I moved around to the other side and, and moved to the street side and moved her towards the building side of the sidewalk. And she appreciated the chivalrous uh, aspect of it. So I thought that that was really cute and uh, endearing that somebody would would have this uh, appreciation for the chivalry even if it was like something that was kind of like a, oh I feel like I should do this now even if it was like subconscious it was just really cute to have that somebody mm-hmm. from a different culture experience something that like I learned from my my grandparents growing up you know, now, now that you say this um, the first time that I went out with my girlfriend on the second date um, I did the same. I, I, I went to the to the side of the street, and she asked me, like, why are you doing this? And I said, well, because it's, like, a way of protecting you. And she's like, but what if the, the air conditioning falls on top of me? It's like, okay. I guess that's and where is she from? Uh, 
Shit from here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because for yeah. us, it's weird. I always found it like this thing of walking on the side of the street really weird. Like, even if my dad do, does this for me, like, because what what's the difference? Like, if a car runs away inside the sidewalk, <laughs> like, it will, like, protect you him and wait, like, and hold with the hands. Like, it's, it's kind of weird. You will, you will die first. That is. Yeah. Do you guys text a girl after if you have a good had a good time on a date? Would you text them or would you wait? I would text. Text. It depends what you want. <laughs> I try to call. I hate texting. Really? Yeah. So I there was this huge discussion last time. First so of he, all, he's shy, but he, he wants calls. to. He prefers to call and to ride horses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think th there's something very, when you call someone on the phone, you talk to them on the phone, it's, it's, it's very personal. It shows a lot of effort. But also it might, be, it might seem like very intrusive. So I think it really depends on who you're calling. Because some people say, oh, this is so sweet that he took the time to call me and actually talk to me and not just send me a text and then forget about it. But then other people will say, oh, oh you're taking another 10 minutes of my time, blocking me out of everything else that I'm doing now to talk to you. And I really think it depends. Actually, this is the biggest difference that I felt when I started dating in Israel is the calling. Yeah. In Belgium, you, you don't really call unless you're dating more than, you know, a couple of times or a relationship. You're not, you don't really call. It's intrusive. It puts her at a, or yourself, you put yourself at a spot where you really need to, you know, to talk and you have no time to think. Meanwhile, in Israel, even on dating apps, if you want to meet her, says before we meet, call me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very common in Israel yeah. to but, call. But it, you text before that you are calling or just call? <laughs> you just call or she tells you Personally, I would, I would a, establish, a I would establish if, if nobody's talking about calling and I think it's a good idea to call, I would, I would establish that I'm going to make a call. Yeah. Also to know like when are they going to be available and things like that. And also maybe it's just personally me, but I think like meeting someone, there's like a phobia that you meet someone that all of a sudden they have like a horrible intolerable intolerable voice <laughs> and, and, oh, I didn't know that you sound like that in real life and now I have to split but no but I mean I yeah talking to someone is kind of like um, it is an it is another level of communication it's on a, not it's on a, a higher level of communication than sending a text and I think in Israel we see it as an as a natural escalation of, of the relationship you start by if you start by texting someone then that is very, very, very basic and there's very little intimacy in that. And then the next step would be to actually hear someone's voice on the phone, talk, you know, set aside some time to talk to someone and then, of course, meet them in person. But it makes it more personal to, to, to hear the voice than yeah. just text, text, text. Because sometimes you want to say like something very short and it becomes a whole conversation in text and, and you already spent like 20 minutes texting and it's, this, yeah. is, this is the problem that would bother me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already tired and bother yeah. 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 I want to say, the, yeah, the, exactly. the flip side of that <laughs> is that one time a girl asked me to have a video call before a date. Wow. Oh. And yeah, I, that should have, that was a huge red flag and I should have uh, seen wow. that. Yeah, it was, so. That you should have seen. No. I should have seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we went so out. apparently we, you didn't see. I, I went out on a date with her, it was, uh, just a horrible experience um, but and I should have now I know like no no more video calls ever this is not something yeah this is not an agreeable I've never heard of something like that actually did you call before the first day she call? just didn't want to be catfished I guess yeah yeah and I don't know if that's a thing like in real life or just in the movies but no it's no, a no, real it's a thing. thing it's a thing yeah Right. Yeah. 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 Catfishing is definitely a thing. Yeah. All right. No, but I think that there's also another space in between texting and voice calls is the voice messages. Uh, yes. <laughs> like WhatsApp is, is probably the most common, but you know, Facebook messenger and things like this, like the voice message is that friendly medium because you can like record a 30 second message and like fuck up so many times and just like restart, restart, restart. When Hannah was in Brazil, we would send each other these long, like two minute messages. And then eventually, like sometimes it would take 20 minutes to respond because like you're just re-recording. Like, oh, I didn't like how that sounded re-recording. And I'm like, okay, instead of 
spending 20 minutes waiting for the response, why don't we just send the first draft? That's, but that's also something that, at least in Israel, that we appreciate is the unedited version, all right? When you call someone, you can't edit out the words, mm-hmm. all right? Also, the girls talked about this. When you, when you text, you can think about it. You, you don't have to respond now. You can think about your answer. You can consult. Girls love talking to other girls and, and like getting their advice. And I think we do too. I think everybody does. Everybody yeah, yeah. does. But when you call someone, there's no, there's, you know, there's no one to consult. It's, it's you. really great. It's she really just asked me like yeah. uh, what I'm doing for tomorrow yeah. night. What, are we hanging out? Like, should I you tell have her? to write it down before, you know? Okay, this is the topics that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I, I admit that I have like a little bit of phobia of calling, like in general. Also, like I don't like to talk on the phone with friends. We don't talk anymore on the phone. Like it's very rare. And I uh, have this little bit of phobia to like start talking and maybe there's nothing to talk because then the problem is that you're not seeing the person. So it's a bit weird also. So I, I don't do it like a lot. Like then doesn't come for me a lot from me. But uh, when I feel the girl like is more into talking, it happens to be really good because it's really on a, a different level and you feel already more the person. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I agree with him because if you have a silent moment on the phone, you it's a silent moment on the phone, you don't see each other. It's yeah, like that's a huge I... black hole there in the middle that you can just cannot get rid of. Meanwhile, if you're talking in front of each other, you just take a sip of your beer, you drink your Coke, you order something. I'm sorry, I need to go to the bathroom, whatever. But on the <laughs> yeah. phone, it's really you're stuck there. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think that a lot of people are afraid of these silences, whereas that's where, that's where the relationship actually builds up. You it's know? a point of view, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's standing in silence Facing this and not just filling the conversation with, um, so uh, my friend told me that, whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. But we'll transition to the, the flip side of this, also in, in the realm of texting and calling. When do you think it's appropriate to to break up with someone via text message or and when do when does it have to be a phone call and when does it have to be I mean if you're a year together obviously it has to be in person but <laughs> a text message from a foreign number when you're already in Singapore sorry I just don't think this is working out. You just sent my post a <laughs> letter. <laughs> you can just send your best friend to tell her you're not. So, <laughs> so you sent your best friend on a horse. <laughs> he joined the army in another yeah. country. So how? But how many? How how long do you think a relationship has to be? Like, what's the the maximum limit where you can just text message someone and say? By the way, both sides, of course. If if you're breaking up with someone, or if someone's breaking up with you. When is the limit you'd say, okay, this should have been a phone call. I feel offended now. If you're not actually dating, but you're talking and you went on a date or two, but it's nothing serious, you can call or, or text. But once you've gone to a couple of dates and you've done some activities together and you know that one of the two is into the relationship, if we can call it a relationship, then it would be respectful to go for a drink with her and explain to her the situation. Mm. I think everybody knows that like intuitively that point when like in the beginning the person it's a person that if you stop seeing her if you stop seeing each other it will be like okay has gone for your life and you're not like it wasn't like a really big deal but if you are like already in a few dates it's already someone it's already like someone that you have a bigger connection but it's hard to establish a number but yeah, but agree, I, but I feel yeah. like that that point in time is different from culture to culture. Yeah. So some I think that in some places a text could you could even break up with someone even later into the relationship via text, whereas in other cultures, if you break up with someone on a text like on the third date, fourth date, that would be too soon. In Mexico, it also goes through the father, right? If you want. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but your daughter is not for me. She's great, maybe. Uh, I I think the breaking up by text it's a horrible way. I like, it's a big no no for at, le- at least for me. I don't know my friends in Mexico, but for me it's it doesn't matter in which stage you are. Like the other person deserves the respect of, of facing no, I, her. I I tend to I agree with that. I but, I hundred percent agree with that. But yeah. but if if you went out in a couple of dates and. Uh, you can just disappear. Like you don't like the person, just yeah, disappear. No. Ghosting, why? ghosting, I, I ghosting is literally becoming an option. Why even take on romantic? Why not? Okay, you went five dates. You didn't like it. Why? Why? Why even call? 
then you will because you be have another person on the other side of the relationship but that has an expectation and no i think i think you actually you feel it like if uh you 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 can feel if like it happens that both of the sides are not interested anymore it will just like fade uh, yeah. fade down and it's okay because both of them but you always know when if it's the case that you're not interested anymore and the other part it is you will feel it and in these cases you can't disappear you just need to say the truth like uh, that's what i what i would expect also to do to people do I, I for me also like, how much overlap in friends do you have right like do you do you have <laughs> mutual friends because you can't just like text somebody like hey uh i don't think this is working out like you're gonna see them again in some way, shape, yeah. or form. It's like the next time you're out at somebody's birthday party, you're just like, yeah, I know we had a lot of fun, but I'm not sure that this is working out for us, right? Like, yeah. I'll tell you uh, something. I think, in, I, at least personally, me, I think it's very important for me to always um, end on a, on a nice chord and, and, and have things like sealed. Never end something like kind of iffy, so even if it's if it's one date and I know by the end of the date that I don't want to see this person ever again, I will send a text and I will say, hey, I had a nice time. I don't think this is going to work out. And I remember that one time when I was in the States, I, I went on a date with, with someone, with an American girl. And, uh, and then I tried contacting her again to go out on a second date and she didn't respond. And I assumed that she... She didn't want anything to do with me. And I, so I, I sent her a text and I said, hey, listen, I know you're not responding and I'm, I'm assuming that you don't want to see me again, which is fine. I just wanted you to know that uh, I had a really great time. It was wonderful. And that's it. Like a really nice... T- and she called me and she said, there's the first time someone... Like usually if, if, if you don't respond to someone, they'll just assume that uh, you don't want to see them and they'll, they'll just let it go. But you called and that is... We didn't, we didn't go on on a second date or something, but... It was, it was kind of like a, let's call it um, a nice, a benign culture shock for her, I think, to, to let me know that yeah. this is something very atypical of, of people in the States. And you continue okay. dating. <laughs> no, we, we didn't go out on, a, on another date. We didn't. I j- and and I, I was totally fine with it. I just thought, like, from my side of the world, it's, I think it's, it's pretty common or, or it, it's very, um, I don't know, it would mean... It's a good idea to just let someone know. Hey, um, I, I agree that this is this is in, this is the end of the relationship. Okay, just just to make it and, and end it somehow. Usually on a high note, but if not, then uh, at least to make it make sure that everyone knows where everyone's on the same page. And you talked about ghosting and things like that. And I think, in Evan, you you tell me from the, in the U.S. A lot of things are left unsaid, that it's better to leave things unsaid and kind of get the idea without anyone discussing it, literally saying we are over or this we're not going to go on another date. And I think it's even more comfortable for both parties, you know, because uh, you can make it up. You, know, you, can, you can just put makeup and say, no, I, I broke up with her. You're saying like with one date, right? Like this happens yeah. a lot. You go on a lot of first dates mm-hmm. where you don't have a second date. And sometimes you don't need to explain to the other person. Like, yeah. it's just, it, it didn't work for one reason or another. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't even understand why it didn't work out for no, you. No, but I mean, explaining would be awkward. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I think in Israel, for the most part, explaining wouldn't be seen awkward. It would be, depending, of course, how you do it. But uh, people will say, sure, thanks. Thanks for letting me know. Thanks for making sure that we're on the same page and, and, and now we can move on. I don't know. In Israel, there's also a standard answer already. I think it's always ready. You're a very nice guy, but let's be friends. I think it's let's like... Be friends. <laughs> No, I, I know because, like, when I showed up to a date wearing a vest and a bow tie, most of the times you don't get a second date. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't great. even... Yes. When you do, you know that this is somebody who's yeah, on your one. level. Okay. Okay, we're back. And um, before we move on to our rapid-fire question segment, I want to thank the first social radio in Israel and Oz um, Mizrahi and everybody who helps this show every day, every week. So just look it up on uh, Google. Also, I want to thank uh, my guests. But, oh, sorry. Let's go on to our, let's go on to our rapid fire question. Uh, we're going to do it slightly differently. So 
I'm going to ask all of you the same question, and I want you to give me your, your best answer. Daniel, why should you date, for all the girls listening, why should you date a Brazilian guy? <laughs> um, we are fun. We are relaxed. We, have, uh, we are warm. We are, yeah, we are very nice people. Yeah. By the way, if you if you start dating someone from Brazil and then you find find out that you don't like the same football team, is that can you can continue the yeah, relationship? It's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hector. Um, we're we're Latin. We yeah, we're fun. <laughs> we are caring. Uh, we care a lot about family. And gentlemen. Uh, we're gentlemen, and uh, we know how to cook. Yeah, yeah, that is my my favorite cuisine. Okay, uh, you shouldn't. You should not date an American guy. The <laughs> Americans are horrible. Uh, the only reason you should ever date an American guy is just to get the passport. Oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's that's still a big reason for a lot of people. So. Yeah, huge reason. Well, I guess being European has its advantages that you know there are no preconceived conditions. You know, it's easy going. There is no macho culture. There is, it's actually what, what you see is what you get. There's mm -hmm. nothing behind it. It's very easygoing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would say a lot of similar things. I think Israeli men are, are an open book, for better or for worse. So if you ask a guy what's wrong, he will just say it in your face. Uh, so it saves time if you want to break up with someone at least. <laughs> um, all right. Can you give me an example of something? That, what would a woman do on a date? that would just get your heart you would say that is oh my god that is a that a sm small thing that she does and uh, you would fall in love with her not necessarily fall in love but just like think highly of her come on I'm always the first <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start I'll start I, I was on a date with someone and it was it was very boring. We couldn't find anything to talk about. There was no real attraction. It was kind of kind of lame anyway. And and then I she noticed that I was wearing a shirt. Have you ever seen that MTV show Pimp My Ride? So I was wearing a shirt that says Pimp My Ride, and she says that's a really nice shirt. I really like that show. And it was my favorite show at the time. And none of my friends watched that show. And she, she noticed it. And then we said, oh, my God, can we please talk about that show? Because I have no one to talk to about it. And she said, sure, I love that show. And then we, we talked for like an hour just on that show. I, I, you know, all the pressure that's been building up, wanting to talk to people about that show just came out. And I think if you find something that you, like some esoteric thing that only you like and none of the people in your vicinity, uh, you know, like, but you do, and then someone talks to you about it. That is, uh, for me, it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful moment. And I think that we didn't go out on a second date. But if she asked for one, I would maybe I would approve just to talk about pick my ride one more time. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, it, but in more general terms, I think when somebody finds out or or when you serendipitously find out that you have a common interest, especially something esoteric and and you know meaningless to other people, I think that is uh, probably one of the best uh, things you can do. I would say probably sense of humor. If I say something funny or abnormal, I start with a ridiculous story and instead of saying, I don't understand what you're saying, it's a bad joke, she actually goes with the flow and continues and says something much more ridiculous than that. For me, that's, that is someone I can flow with and mm -hmm. that kind of closes the deal for me. Uh, I'd say just being open-minded to something crazy. Um, you know, I could think of a, a couple of times that I hung out with people. One, it was like, hey, do you want to go rock climbing? I haven't been rock climbing in, in seven years. She had never been rock climbing, and she said yes. I was like, that's that's awesome. Like, that right there. Or like a friend of mine said, like, I got a slinky, and it's a giant slinky, and we need to find steps somewhere in Tel Aviv to make this slinky go down. And turn that into a night of just riding mm -hmm. bikes around the city, trying to find a, the perfect staircase for this slinky. Um, by the way, it was by Kikara Bima. Uh -huh. So, okay. you know, just something like this. Uh, that's just respectful with the people around. Like if we're in a restaurant and she's like respectful to the uh, waiter or waitress, mm -hmm. this, because people can be yeah. idiots, yeah. Daniel, 
You had time to think. Yeah, actually, it it, it isn't good because now they took like. Welcome to my world. This is how I can add like uh, to be spontaneous. I think, uh, as I said, like dating can be a very annoying, big deal and very artificial. So anytime that things go spontaneous, like in a spontaneous way, for example, if you just like started to go dating, but then you are going on a trip with. You see your friends and you say, you know what, you you want to join and like see and and just like do a little bit of this spontaneous things. I think it's really like relaxes everything and mm. gets you closer. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm gonna tell one more story. I was many years ago on a date with someone and in the middle we were maybe an hour into the date, and after an hour, just in, in mid sentence, she stood up. She said, listen. I don't like this date. I'm ha not having a good time. You're not asking me the questions that I want to be asked. And, you're, and, and she, she gave me like all the things that I've been doing wrong. <laughs> and then she said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And when I come back, it's going to be a completely different date. Okay. And wow. I yeah. <laughs> and I said, all right. And then she, and she went to the bathroom. And I thought about all the things she said, which were all true. Like I talked too much about myself. I didn't ask her all these questions. Things like that. And then she came back and it, it was like a second date with a completely different person was really nice. interesting yeah she was of course Israeli because you know yeah, yeah. we tell people what, uh, yeah, what th we think that happens here and I think yeah there was it, that's amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a very a very um, educational experience for me <laughs> yeah so I learned a lot and someone to tell you here's all the things you did wrong today and now you have a chance to fix it <laughs> all right so that's all the time we have for today. And I want to thank my guests. We, I had a great time. And this was a wonderful second part for the episode. I also want to thank everyone who was listening. And if you want to be a guest on the show, hit us up on Facebook or send us an email to crossingculturespodcast at gmail.com. If you're currently in Israel, if you live in Israel, if you have a long uh, layover in Israel, whatever, if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, if you're looking for the show or the podcast on any of the apps and you can't find them, let us know. We'll make sure that you can find them. Um, every Monday or almost every Monday, we're on Facebook and on YouTube. So be sure to like our page and subscribe and uh, hit us up in the comments. Tell us how are things where you're from. And I hope to see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.